two. Okay, we are in the book of Revelation. So, so flip over to the uh, to the the, the book of uh, of Revelation. We are. Um, I, I guess as we uh, as I sent out that email, we um, we're, we're trying to work our way through the book of Revelation, but we're not going to be able to do that without talking a lot about end times, because that's really what the book of Revelation is doing. Okay. Who wrote the book of Revelation? John. Okay. Uh, who did he write the book of Revelation to? Seven churches. Good. Okay. All right. That's in chapter uh, chapters two and uh, chapters uh, three. Okay. Uh, any questions? So, so we've kind of covered up until maybe, uh, behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will, uh, will see him, even those who pierced him. Um, one of the things, uh, okay, let, let's, let's pack it this way. The biggest uh, hurdle for people when they try to interpret the Bible is they don't know that, that the, the language, the terminology is developed earlier in the Bible and then used throughout the Bible. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, and so, um, the further you get along, it's just like a, a, any book, novel you pick up. You can't, uh, the author is not going to retell you everything that you're supposed to know in the first 24 chapters when he begins chapter 25. Okay? Um, they're beginning at this point in the story and they continue to tell the story, continue to tell um, uh, what, they're, what they're doing. Coming on the clouds, does anybody know where that comes from? John is piling on the imagery. All of this imagery comes from the Old Testament, uh, and it's all supposed to be known by the reader. Turn back to the book of Daniel. Um, in, uh, at the seminary now, uh, uh, we used to teach uh, 101 was Bible study methods, and then all of the, the 102 through 109 took you through all the books of the Bible. Uh, and 108 used to be Daniel Revelation. We call it 308. Um, but because we've added more hours in other areas, uh, we, we have kind of lumped Daniel into other sections. I, I tell that to, to tell you that that's how tightly the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation are married together. Okay? <laughs> we used to just teach them together. Uh, Daniel chapter 7. Do anybody remember this Daniel chapter 7? You look at your, uh, just at your heading here. This is, uh, this is the vision that Daniel has um, in the first year of Belshazzar, the king of Babylon. So this is ab after Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar is the king of Babylon. And Daniel has this dream of the, uh, of the four beasts. Okay. Um, you remember back in chapter two of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar has the dream of the statue. You remember this? Head of gold, chest and arms of, you know, of silver and, uh, and so on. These were the beast nations or the, king, the kingdoms that would rule over Israel in the land. These same uh, nations that correspond in chapter two to the dream of Nebuchadnezzar uh, corresponds to Daniel's dream in chapter 7. Everybody good so far? Pick it up in uh, verse um, verse 9. I kept looking until the thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, and the hair on his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames and uh, its wheels were a burning fire and the river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him and thousands upon thousands were attending him and myriads upon myriads were standing before him and the court sat and the books were open. What books do you think were open? Yeah, the book of life. Uh, it's the, uh, uh, it's the, uh, and at this point, it's the, it's the registry of Israel. The book, the name of those uh, 
found in the, uh, who will have an inheritance in the land, okay? Um, which is called the Book of Life uh, later. Book of Life because they're going to have a resurrection in the land. Uh, then I kept looking because of the boastful, uh, the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. And I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. The beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. Uh, this is a prophecy. Uh, where's the later prophecy that tells about the same thing? Does anybody know? Revelation chapter. Antichrist. Yeah, 19, 20, and then 21. And as for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away. But an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. And I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, unlike a son of man was coming. Okay, coming on the clouds. Uh, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him, that is to the one who's coming on the clouds, uh, there was uh, power uh, and uh, dominion and all this stuff. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that the peoples and nations and men of every language might serve him for his dominion is an everlasting dominion compared to the other four, uh, which are temporal, okay, uh, which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, okay? So what is that uh, coming on the clouds uh, that's in Revelation chapter 2? It comes from Daniel chapter 7. Are you with me? Um, do you remember in the Gospels when Jesus, when the term is used, son of man? Uh, where, does the where does the title son of man come from? It comes from it's 11 o'clock. 7, 13. Kept looking, and one like the Son of Man was coming. Uh, Daniel 7. Ezekiel uses it to refer to himself. Uh, but this Son of Man, uh, let me show you a couple spots, okay? Uh, turn to, would be, uh, there's several places. Go to, go to, to uh, Matthew 26. Go to Matthew chapter 26. Um, this is during Jesus' uh, Arrest. The high priest uh, was questioning him. He said, are you able to destroy this temple? I'm in verse 61. And the high priest stood up, verse 62, and said to him, do you make no answer? What is uh, this that these men are testifying against you? And Jesus kept silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you, by the living God, tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Okay, there's, there's two more titles, the Christ, the Son of God. Those titles come from Psalm 2. Um, why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a, a vain thing? The kings of the earth took counsel, the people took counsel together against the Lord and against his Mashiach, against his Christ. Um, uh, you know, they say, we don't have to listen to you. We don't have to follow your rules. Um, he who sits in the heavens laughs. He mocks them. And then he, the one who sits in the heavens and is mocking them, will speak to them in his fury. And he, and he says, this is my son. I have poured out my son upon uh, Zion, my holy mountain. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. This is the Father speaking to the Son, telling the Son to ask the Father to, to ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Which nations? All the nations. All of them, including these beast nations. Okay? Um, you are my Son. Today I have begotten you. Only begotten Son, John 3, Son of God, the Christ. This is all Psalm 2. And so do the Pharisees and the high priest, do they know about the Christ? Sure. They're asking him, are you the Christ, the Son of God? And he answers, you have said it yourself. 
Nevertheless, I tell you hereafter, you will see the Son of Man. Where does that come from? Daniel 7.13. Sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds. Where does the coming on the clouds come from? Where does, uh, yeah, Daniel 7.13. Where does uh, sitting uh, at the right hand of power come from? Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Okay? And so my point is that all of this language that is piling up, if you run across it way over here late in the story, the authors assume that you know it. Okay? Does that make sense? Um, which is why uh, it's so important that you understand the Old Testament if you don't understand the New Testament because the Old Testament comes before the New Testament. That's good. I teach these seminary classes, it's amazing how you, okay, see, see what it says here? You go back to the verse right before it. See how that worked? And they go, I don't see it. <laughs> okay, I, I can I always tell them, say, I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. You're gonna to have to track with me here. You see how this verse goes right? But, but we've been taught that every verse kind of stands alone, has a life of its own and all that. So we don't, we don't, okay. This is the context. The context of Revelation is the first 65 books. It's the revelation. It is the prior revelation of the story. And so you know what's going to happen in the first 65 books because all of these events are talked about repeatedly. How it's going to happen is what John is explaining here. Does that make sense? All right, good. Um, uh, you'll see this stuff all the way through. There's other places. John chapter 10, uh, uh, just show this to you quickly. In John chapter 10, uh, they're questioning, Jesus is questioning him again. Um, if you're the Christ, tell us plainly. <coughs> 1024. I told you and do not believe. Uh, uh, I give them uh, my sheep, hear my voice. They know me, I follow them. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. You know where that perish comes from? It comes from Psalm 2. Perish. Um, um, they will never perish, but the ones who take their sin against the Lord and against the Christ will perish at the hands of the Father, or at the hands of the Son. For his wrath may soon be kindled, the Son's wrath, they soon be kindled, and you perish in the way. For God so loved the that he gave his Psalm 2, that whosoever believes in him, that's the last verse of Psalm 2, by the way, blessed are all who take refuge in him, shall not, Psalm 2, but will have everlasting life, right? Everlasting life. When is everlasting life? Realized. Resurrection. Resurrection. Do you have, if you're a believer, you have the promise of a resurrection now. Are you with me? How do you know that? What do you have that guarantees? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. How do you know? You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. He witnesses to us. Turn to John, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. So this is back to John. Okay, this all of this is, is really important because it just piles right up, okay? So in 1 John chapter 4, John, the elder, says, Beloved, who's the beloved? Believers. The ones he's writing to. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. If you hold your finger and you go back uh, just uh, a little bit, you'll get this explanation of, uh, uh, of Antichrist. Okay? Um, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Uh, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. 
Okay, how do you know the Spirit of God? Every spirit that testifies or confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, of which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. Little children, you are from God. How does he know they are from God? Because they confess Christ. Therefore, if they confess Christ, what have they done? They have what? What's the next? They've received the Holy Spirit. Little children, and you have what? Verse mm -hmm. 4. Overcome. Okay. We're going to get into these seven churches. Those who have overcome. The overcomers. Okay. Go back to the gospel. John Jesus says in the gospel, uh, I have overcome the world. The world hated me. The world hates you, talking to his disciples, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Um, because Christ has overcome the world, you will overcome the world. Because you believed in Christ, because you have the indwelling spirit, how do you know that you have the indwelling spirit? Because you confess Christ. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, talking about the false teachers. Therefore, they speak the things of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Okay, who's the we in 1 John? Believers. No. The apostles. Are the church that he's writing to. Go back to chapter 1. <laughs> what was from the beginning, what we have heard. What we have seen with our eyes and what we beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life. And the life was revealed and what we have seen, we bear witness and we proclaim to you all the eternal life which was with the Father and was revealed to us. And that which we have seen and we have heard, we proclaim to you all so that you all may have fellowship with us as our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. Who saw Jesus? The disciples. Who heard his voice? Who didn't see him resurrected and therefore didn't believe and complained about it? Thomas. And finally did see it. And said, he said, unless I see, unless I hear, unless I touch the place, I will not believe. And Jesus appears to Thomas and says, touch here, see here, be not unbelieving, but be believing. You have seen, therefore you believe. Blessed are all of those who did not see. Talking about Old Testament saints, really, past tense who did not see yet believe. And so Peter is going to say that the apostles have the prophetic word made more sure. Why made more sure? Because that what was which was foretold, they saw. Their eyes saw, their hands handled. They have seen Jesus, heard his words and seen his works. And therefore, they confessed to you, they proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was revealed to them. Okay, so the problem is that this you group, these believers, uh, have false teachers who are rejecting Jesus. They think they're children of God, Jews, but they reject Jesus. So there's three groups in this book, the apostles, the believers and the false teachers, the Jews, they are from the world. The world listens to them. We are from God. You listen to us. Does that make sense? You listen to the apostles and prophets. Okay. The, the biggest mistake, easily, hands down, no contest, not even close. The biggest mistake people read, uh, make when they read the Bible is they read themselves right into it. Only in the verses they like, by the way. Okay? Um, rather than, you know, when Paul says we, what are the chances that we includes Paul? Yeah. Say 100%. <laughs> Paul says, I, who do you think he's talking about? Oh. Yeah. 
I'm going to write this journal article. Uh, I've got it about half uh, half started uh, for our seminary uh, journal, um, and the title is going to be something like "Me Isn't You." <laughs> isn't you? I isn't you. <laughs> they aren't you. Okay. I'm not saying that it doesn't apply to us. But when Paul says, y'all, Corinthians, who's he talking to? Corinthians. Corinthians. If he says we, who's he not talking to? Who is not included in the we group? The Corinthians. You know why? How does he refer to the Corinthians? See how that works? If I'm speaking to you, if Mike and I go on a fly the plane, which I'm never doing because you might kill him. You're a brave woman, by the way. <laughs> Let's say that Mike and I get on the plane. And I say, hey, you guys aren't going to believe this. We were flying and da 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 da, da. Were y'all in the plane? No. Okay. Had you ever made that hermeneutical, that interpretive mistake of thinking you were in the plane with us? No. Then why are you doing it in the Bible all the time? Yeah, well, because you got your verse, right? On the yeah, the ones you like, not the ones you don't like. Okay, is this making sense? Okay. All right, so it's real simple. You just read it. Read it first, then say, okay, if this is true for them then and there, what are the chances it may be true for us here and now? Okay. You with me? So, so go back to Revelation chapter 1. For example, one three. Blessed is he who reads those uh, and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Who is this written to again? The seven churches. What are the chances that John meant if you're in one of the seven churches and you hear this, you'll be blessed? Now, are we blessed by reading it too? Sure. Is this who he was writing it to originally? No. Everybody good? Okay. All right. Let's keep going. So every, uh, I will see him. I'm in uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Talked about this last week. Even those who pierce him. Uh, and all of the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Christ and Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. Um, let's let's uh, stop uh, there. Turn back to to John chapter something else for you that will help. Okay. Um, often uh, people when they hear this for the first time, okay, because. Um, it's not only that we have a problem with reading, but the church has had a problem with reading the Bible for a while. Okay? We've been doing this for about the last hundred years, which is why biblical illiteracy has skyrocketed in the last hundred years. Even people who, quote, read the Bible don't know what the Bible says. They've got verses, but they don't know what the Bible says. And since they don't know what the Bible says, they don't know what the Bible says about things. The one that has been most misused since 1906 that was the uh, that was, uh, a movement that began in California in 1906. If it began in California or Germany, it's probably not good. <laughs> Just so. I mean, it's, the odds are really against you. Um, but, uh, but this last hundred years, there has been a, a, an increase in pseudo-spirituality. Okay. Um, 
let me explain what I mean. Uh, now, this will be difficult to hear, but we might as well just straighten it out. Right? Um, does the, let's go down the logic trail. Does the spirit guide you in all truth? No. Let me do Presbyterians think that the Spirit guides them in all truth? Yeah. Do Baptists think the Spirit guides them in all truth? Yes. Do the Charismatics think the Spirit guides them in all truth? Yes. Uh, they all believe opposite. If everybody believed the same thing, then I might agree with you. But believers who uh, believe disparate things, disparate, opposite, at least one of them is wrong. At least. <laughs> you with me? And when you ask people, why do you say that? They'll quote one verse and one verse only. John 14, 26. And you've heard this verse quoted. Let the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send, he will teach you all things. Stop, period. So I ask him, well, who's speaking there? Uh, Jesus. Who's he speaking to? This is in the upper room. Right. Okay. The up, uh, all, all 12, no, Judas has already left. So there's 11 of them left. You with me? So when he says, uh, we'll teach you all things, who's he talking to? The disciples. And bring to your, they never quote this part. They never heard it. And bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. What did Jesus say to them? What did he teach them? He did his works before them, and he taught them his words, the words which give eternal life. Keep going in the upper room discourse. He prays in chapter 17. Jesus prays, I glorify you on earth and having accomplished the words, work which you gave me to do. Isn't that interesting? This is before Jesus death, burial, and resurrection. He says he's already accomplished the work. And now I'll glorify you, me, together with yourself, Father, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I've revealed your name to the men that you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Who's he talking about? The disciples. disciples. Now they have come to know that everything that you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, given to them. And they have received them and truly understood that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I ask not on their behalf. Uh, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world. Does this sound familiar? world listens uh, to them, you listen to us because we are from God. Stop. Go back one chapter. Go back to the end of chapter 16. Jesus is talking about, uh, verse 18, if the world hates you. Who's he talking to here? Upper room. Disciples. Know that the world hated me before he hated you. If you were of the world, the world loves its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, remember the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. What does that mean? If they kept my word, Yes, they'll keep yours also. Why? Because your words are, why, why are your words the disciples, my words Jesus? Because Jesus gave them 
his words, which are the words of the Father. The words that you gave me, I've given them. They've received those words. They believe those words. And now he prays that he keeps it, continues. But these things they will do to you for my name's sake. On account of me, because you follow me, they will do these things to you. Because they do not know the one who sent me. Who's that? Not. If they had uh, not come, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no son. sin. In other words, they still think they were right. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. They take their stand against the Lord and against the Christ. It's the same. You can't follow the Lord and reject the Christ, period. John's point in 1 John. If, they had, if I had not done among them the works which, uh, which uh, no one else did, in other words, I came and I kept the law, they would have no sin. They could justify themselves, but they can't. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father also. And they have done this in order that the word may be fulfilled as it is written, they have hated me without cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me, and you will bear witness of me also, because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you to keep you from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue. An hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think he is offering service to God. And these things they will do to you because they have not the Father nor me. You can just read it now, can't you? It makes perfect sense, right? No. Yeah. Uh, just rolling right along here. Go back to chapter 17. So I've revealed your name to the men that you gave me. The words which you, get, you gave me, I've given to them, verse 8. Verse 11, I am no more in the world, yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. What does that mean? Death, resurrection. To the Father. They're like, well, this isn't hard to interpret. If you quit thinking you're in it, it becomes real plain and simple. Keep them in your name. Why is it important that the disciples remain in Jesus' name? Why is it important that the disciples, who are going to be the apostles sent out, continue to believe that Jesus is the Christ? They're the only ones with the eyewitness account. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, the name which you gave me. I guarded them, verse, uh, uh, verse 12, and not one of them has perished, Psalm 2, except for the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Judas Iscariot. But now I come to you, and these things I speak into the world, that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word. The world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Set them apart in truth. Your word is truth. As you send me into the world, so now I send them into the world. And for their sakes, I set myself apart that they may selves be set apart in truth. If you're looking for a verse in the Bible that you're in it, this next one is it. I do not ask on behalf of these alone. Who are the these? The disciples. But for those who will believe in me through their word. You, did, you may have believed because someone told you the quote gospel. But they didn't make it up on their own. Even Paul. Remember what Paul says to the Corinthians? I pass on to you that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Kind of makes you wonder what that R is there for. You with me? Okay. Uh, that they may be one. Uh, go to chapter 21. Christ uh, 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 
I'm sorry, chapter chapter 20. I'm sorry, chapter uh, chapter 20. So Christ's uh, death, burial, uh, resurrection. Um, Uh, peace be with you. He, he appears again to his disciples. Um, verse 22, and when he said this, he breathed, he breathed on them. Okay, what's going on here? They were all locked into the room. And this time, who's with them? Thomas is with them. He wasn't there last time. He's there this time. And he said this, he breathed on them. Who's the them? The disciples. Receive the Holy Spirit. Why do the disciples need the Holy Spirit? Uniquely. Because the Spirit was going to guide them in all truth. Why is it important that the, that the Spirit guide the disciples in all truth? Because they're the one who's going to proclaim the truth. Now, after this, right? So, so Peter, and so we, this is important that we crack. The most important thing I can do for you is help you make sense of the Bible. If you get this one thing, you'll be able to read the Bible and it makes sense. Um, Peter's going to die, second Peter. His concern, he writes these, he says, I'm about to die, and here's my concern. False teachers are coming. Just as there were false prophets among the people, he's right, Jews. So also there will be false teachers among you. Chapter 2, chapter 3, he says, so at any time after my departure, you may be, here's, here's my concern. This is what I want you to be able to do. Any time after my departure, you may be able to call to your mind to remember the words of the prophets and the words spoken to, uh, and the words of our Lord spoken to you through his apostles. Make sense? So it's the words of the apostles and prophets. Paul sends elders, or Paul sends Titus and Timothy to appoint elders in every location. To teach what? The words of the apostles and prophets. So that you will know the truth. Because the Holy Spirit, uh, no matter of... Uh, uh, Truth is not a matter of one's own interpretation. But the Holy Spirit moved, breathed on, inspired men to speak this truth. Does that make sense? And so how do we understand the truth? Uh, we read it, and we sound out the big words, and we follow the bouncing ball. Okay? You with me? How do you so so this the ministry of the spirit and the apostles and prophets? Okay, not everybody in Israel was a prophet. Do we agree? Not everybody in Israel heard the word of the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh the great city, and cry out against it, because their evil is come up. Uh, Jonah heard that. Do you think that word was audible? Yes. We use language like that, but we don't mean that, okay? So now the Spirit is leading me to divorce my wife. No, it's not. It continues to surprise me that the people who claim to hear the most from the Spirit know the least about the Bible, and they claim the Spirit is leading, leading them to do opposite text. What do you think about that? I don't know what to think about it. I can tell you this. That ain't the Spirit. Are you saying that I don't hear from God? There's a lot of people who claim they heard from God. Yes? Joseph Smith claimed he heard from God? Muhammad? 
blaming her for that? David Koresh? There's nut jobs all over, inside the church and outside the church that think they're hearing from God all the time. Now, can God speak? Sure. How do you know? It lines up with scripture. <clears throat> if a prophet or dreamer of dreams arises among you and prophesies, and what he prophesies come true concerning what he said, yet he tells you to follow another God, or he presents you a different God than the one that I revealed to you, says Moses, you're not to listen to that prophet or dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you. So if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Uh, is uh, Deuteronomy 13, Ezekiel 13. talks about uh, the false prophets in Israel who prophesy from their own heart and hope that these words will come true. But the, the Lord says that he's going to remove their name from the book of Israel, from the book of life. So, that makes sense? So how do you know you have the Holy Spirit? It's simple. You do believe Jesus is the Christ, right? Done. That ain't Satan. That's not the spirit of Satan, I promise you. Right? So how do you get your instruction? And what is the goal of this instruction? Paul tells Timothy, the goal of our instruction is love. Look your heart. So you read this, you understand this, or better, it is taught to you. And the fruit of the Spirit. The outliving of the Spirit is love, because you've been loved. Christ has loved us, right? How much? So, is that how you ought to love us? Should that give you joy? Peace? You have peace with God? So, should you have peace with all men? far as it is possible has god been patient towards you oh no i wouldn't want to deal with me i'm tired of dealing i'm wearing myself out <laughs> kindness gentleness faithfulness self-control um you don't need a word from the lord Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, with all your strength, and love your brother. Yourself. That's pretty straightforward. Lord, guide me in the color of car to buy. He doesn't care about the color of your car. He doesn't care. <laughs> Lord, should I be a pastor or a car mechanic? Can you minister to people as a car mechanic? As a pastor, sometimes it's easier to pastor people as a car mechanic than as a pastor. <clears throat> Elders, a sorry job. You can do more pastoring sometimes not being an elder than you can being an elder. Those pastors over there are doing, I don't know what he's doing. But anyway, okay, back to Revelation. Everybody good on that? Does that make sense? Okay. This is what the church used to believe, believe for 2,000 years, and then we went not so with this spiritualism. Okay. 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 Um, everybody hear the question? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna pursue. So so we'll stop Revelation. Continue with the how to read the Bible. Good. Okay, I want you to. So, so turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, what did you say? Uh, thir 13, 14. So uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14 is one sentence in Greek. Okay? You with me? How many groups are in this one sentence? He blessed us, verse 3. Chose us, verse, three, verse 4. We should be holy and blameless. Predestined us to adoption of sons. We have redemption, verse 7. Our trespasses, verse 7. Lavished upon us, verse 8. Made known to us the mystery of his will. We'll return to that, verse 9. 
we have obtained an inheritance, verse 11. We who were the first to hope in Christ, verse 12, in him y'all also. So how many groups? There's the we group and the y'all group, in him y'all also. After listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, y'all were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance. Now it goes back to our. Okay, so let's sort out who the we group is and who the you group is. He's consistent all the way through here. I pray that the eyes of y'all's heart uh, may be uh, enlightened, so that y'all may know what is the hope of his call. Paul is writing to Ephesians. Correct? Bunch of Gentiles. Gentiles know anything about the Old Testament? Nope. Who was, to whom was the mystery of God's will revealed? Was it revealed to the Gentiles? No. Revealed to the Jews. And then Paul takes it to the Gentiles. This is his ministry in chapter 3. Okay? Look at 2.11. Therefore, remember that y'all... Gentiles in the flesh. Okay, so who's the y'all group? Gentiles in the flesh. Okay, and who's the we group? Jews. We too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the, uh, the flesh and of the mind, and were children of wrath just like the rest. Right? We were dead in our trespasses and sins. When you track down all the we language in 3 through 14, and you track it through every book, it is uh, to us belong the adoption of sons. That language, Paul uses it in Galatians, he uses it in Romans. He always uses it in reference to Israel. To whom did the promise of adoption of sons belong to? Israel. Who got it? You got it. Who was the spirit promised to? Israel. Who got it? How did they get it? In the same way the Jews got it, through faith, right? So, the Holy Spirit was given to is the promise of the Holy Spirit was given to Israel as a pledge of their inheritance. What inheritance is that? Is that it? The land. Eternal life in the land. I will make a new covenant with you. Not like the covenant which I made with your fathers, uh, which they broke in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of, uh, out of Egypt. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Judah and with the house of Israel. I will give them a new heart, and a new spirit. I will sprinkle the water, make them clean, cause them to walk in all of my ways. Then I will gather them from the nations and bring them back into the land which their fathers possessed, and they will possess it. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. Along the way, because of Israel's rejection, the gospel has come to the Gentiles. Does that make sense? Everybody tracking? Yeah. Right. Uh, and so Paul um, is a very important player in God's story. Why? Because he knows the stone test of the Old Testament stone cold, stone cold. <clears throat> He, listen to this, he knows the Old Testament better than the apostles. Um, in Acts chapter 10, uh, 11, 12, 13, and 14, the disciples are learning. Paul already knows. Right? What are the disciples? The disciples, things happen, and they go, oh, this is like what they said in Amos. Huh, this must be it. Paul's going, Catch up. Get you there. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're an apostle. I don't care if it's an angel. I don't care who it is. If someone comes to you, Galatians, with a gospel contrary to that which I preach to you, let him be first. Paul's pretty confident in his understanding. Is that good? Okay, now, um, Back to the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus uh, foretells 
that some of them are going to have further revelation. And this is the this is the book of Revelation. This is John. This is what John is writing. The things which he has seen, verses one through eighteen, the things which are, chapter two and chapter three, and the things which shall take place after these things, four through twenty-two. Is that good? That's, that's your divisions uh, that are laid out for you. The book, the way that the book is, is laid out in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 1, verse, uh, uh, verse 18. Okay. Verse 19, I'm sorry. Write the things which are, uh, the things you've seen, the things which are, and the things which take place after these things. Okay, good? So, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What's the Spirit doing for John? It's revealing to him the things which shall take place. And he's got a, an angel, a messenger, which is coming to him to tell him these things. Okay? He turns, uh, he uh, hears this voice, the Spirit of the Lord. He says, write a book of what you see and send it to the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Those are the letters that you find in chapters 2 and chapters 3, uh, chapter, chapter 2 and 3, to the seven churches. Make sense? I turned to see the voice which was speaking to me. I turned and saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands, one like a son of man. Who's that? Jesus. How do you know it's Jesus? Daniel 7. 713, because one like the Son of Man approached the ancient of days and authority and dominion was given him. Clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet, girded across his breast a golden girdle, and his head and his hair were like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it was caused to glow in the furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword with his face shining like the sun. This two-edged sword which comes forth from his mouth, this is the book of Isaiah. That uh, This is the, the, the sword that will come forth that will slay the nation. And I saw him and I fell at his feet as a dead man. And he laid his hand upon me saying, do not fear, I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead. And behold, I live forever. It's very important that Christ's death, burial, resurrection is the first fruits, the firstborn from the dead. And because we are in Christ as his body, the head has been raised, the body will be raised also. The living one, I was dead, and behold, I live forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Why? They don't have any power over him. Death and Hades has no power. He overcame death. He overcame, therefore the exhortation for the believer is to overcome. How do you overcome? Faith. What does it mean? There you go, Ian. By faith. By faith. Write, therefore, the things which you've seen, what things which are, and the things that shall take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars, this is what's great about Revelation. You either get the imagery from the Old Testament, or he tells you what the imagery is. Right? So you just keep it. Right? Seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the seven uh, angelos, messengers, of the seven churches. That's what angel means, messenger. Okay. Uh, uh, and the seven lampstands are the what? Seven churches. This isn't hard to interpret. The angel or the messenger of the church at Ephesus, right. Okay. Now, there's specific um, instruction for each of these churches, specific historical instruction. Some of it we can figure out, some of it we can't, and we just have to speculate, okay? Let's not speculate. 
I don't know what the uh, Nickelodeons or Nickelodeons or whoever they are. Uh, maybe they like to watch children's television. I have no idea. There's all kinds of speculation about what they are and some historical, you know, well, we, we know that uh, I live in that world of biblical academia. Everybody now knows something new that nobody knows. And then it's proven or whatever. Okay. So, uh, but here's what uh, is consistent. At the end of every letter, it says something like this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, plural. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Look at verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, plural. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. What's the second death? Yeah, uh, what's the first death? Your, your physical death, okay? Um, hold, hold your finger, let me explain this. Remember, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Everybody remember this story? This is in John chapter 11. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, uh, and then he says uh, to, uh, to the people there, says, your brother will rise again. She says, I know all about uh, I mean, 11.24, Martha said to him, I know all about resurrection. I love it that Mary and Martha know more about the Bible than the disciples, right? <laughs> Lazarus, our brother, has fallen asleep. They're gone. So if you fell asleep, you'll wake up. Jesus gone. <sighs> what else do you do? That's how I responded. Uh, sleep. Wake up, sleep, 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 sleep. Uh, Daniel 12.2, those who sleep in the dust of the ground be raised to everlasting life. Others to everlasting destruction. Sleep. He's dead. Better for your sake. So let's go raise him out of the dead. Okay. They come. Everybody's weeping. Your brother will rise again. Mary, uh, Martha says, I'm not an idiot. I know about Daniel 12 too. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last days. And he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. What does that mean? Exactly what she just said. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. What does that mean? Okay, so you're alive, you believe in Jesus, and then you die. What's going to happen to you? Resurrection. You're going to live again. And everyone who lives again and believing in him shall what? Never go the second death with him. Right? So who undergoes the first death? One per person. Always have some student who says, well, you know, Enoch walks with God. <laughs> Lazarus died twice. <laughs> The death rate is one per person. Okay? <laughs> if the Lord doesn't return for his church, will you die? Yes. yes. The grasp on that now. Uh, is that a problem? No. I'm, the older I get, the more I'm realizing that dying is not a problem. Living a long time is a problem. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. That I'm not going but he who lives and believes in me shall never die, never undergo the second death. That's what we're talking about, okay? John's talking about uh, this second death. Back to Revelation, uh, to the church at Pergamum, verse, uh, the third church. This is in verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes to him, I will give hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone. And... Uh, the name written on the stone uh, and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows, but he who receives it. Verse 26, he who overcomes. He who keeps my deeds until the end to him, 
I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces, as I also received authority from my father, I will give him the morning star. He who has near, let him hear what the seven. So we will reign with Christ. <clears throat> Chapter 3, verse 5. One who overcomes, he will be clothed in white garments. Pay attention to this language, the language in the book, because uh, the white garment people, after chapter 4, you're not going to see them on the earth anymore. They're going to be clothed in white garments in heaven. Okay? Uh, and I will erase his, uh, uh, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before the angels. He who is in here, let him hear what the Spirit says to the seven churches. And then finally, oh, well, almost finally, Philadelphia. Um, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write upon him uh, the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my uh, new name. He who has an ear, let him hear. And then finally, Laodicea, I will grant him to sit on my throne and I overcame, uh, as I also overcame and sat down on my father's throne. You guys knew that. So this, what's the point? To, so there's individual letters to the seven churches dealing with specific issues that they are dealing with. Okay? What is the exhortation to all of them? Overcome. 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 Endure. Persevere. Overcome. How do you overcome? I pray. Um, What's your motivation for overcoming? <laughs> you will not undergo the... So what if they kill you? Is that a problem? No. When I was younger, I used to think it was a problem. And now I say I'd rather die for something than nothing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes, I probably told you this before, is Red Fox. Y'all remember Red Fox, yeah. Sanford and Son? This is his class. He was, he was not a... Uh, particularly moral guy, and they asked him, why do you live so hard drinking and smoking and chasing money? I love his response. He said, I ain't going to be like them old people up in that hospital dying of nothing. (laughs) 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 You're going to die of something or you're going to die of nothing. But you're going to die. And so Paul regards it as a privilege to be persecuted for Christ, to suffer for his namesake, to be put to death for Jesus. Are you kidding me? Peter doesn't even think that it is acceptable, apparently, according to church history, to be crucified in the same manner. You're going to die? Well, let's get to it. This is the theology and the motivation. This is what the early church believed. We've got to nail that down before we move on. The exhortation to the churches. Uh, They may persecute you. So they may tell you you can't assemble. So many places around the world will they tell them they can't assemble? Where? Throughout the history of the world? So, mm-hmm. what was the apostles' response? You can't preach Jesus. What did they say? Preach him anyway. Okay. Your choices are please men, please God. Please the God of resurrection, eternal life, or please men. It's a simple, simple way, right? So, the exhortation is to overcome. How do you overcome? Simple. Believe in the name of Jesus. Persevere, endure, overcome. Bear one another's bur- bear one another's burdens. Pray for one another. Care for one another. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. It's very hard. It's not complicated. You with me? Okay. Next week, let's pick it up in chapter four, right? And let's start to put uh, the uh, these pieces together. I will uh, send out an email. 
uh, through Realm with an attachment of those charts that you can find on biblicalstory.org. Let me pull this uh, up. Um, yeah, biblicalstory.org. I want everybody to see it. Um, let me see here. Let me get uh, share content, share the screen. Okay. All right. If you go to biblicalstory.org, this is what will come up. Uh, this is where we put all of our class notes for the seminary classes. Okay? You can have them for free, whatever. Um, there's a video series here that walks you through uh, the kind of the overview of the Bible. Um, that's 14 uh, part series. And then there's commentary by book. Okay. Uh, if you click on this commentary by book, uh, it will take you through all sections of scripture. There's introduction to each section, introduction to the to the law, introduction uh, to wisdom literature, introduction to prophets, introduction to gospels, kind of help you, guide you along so that you kind of get your category straight. Uh, you click on the book of Revelation, then you have these overview charts, okay? This is what we'll be looking at next week, okay? These numbers correspond to the chapters in the book. Either going to present what's going on in heaven or what's going on on the earth. And by this time, um, by chapter 19, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the picture in heaven that you see it is, uh, throughout the book, that's going to come to earth. Okay. Make sense? So that's what we'll be doing uh, next week. Any questions? What's that website? Biblicalstory.org. I'll send that link. Uh, I'll put that, uh, uh, send that out to you. If you're not a part of Realm, uh, then uh, that's a great way for us to communicate. Uh, for all you guys, we'll see you all at uh, 6 o'clock on Tuesday morning. I'm going to come pick you up um, uh, for Bible study. And then uh, next, uh, it's 12 next Saturday, I'm not saying girls can't come. I think y'all need to get a mom, storm the joint myself. Choreograph, <laughs> just all come together. Let me pray, close word. Lord, thanks for our time today. Thank you that you uh, love us, that, uh, that your son down his life uh, so that uh, we could have eternal life through faith in him. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which convinces us, us that Jesus is the Christ that gifts us to build up uh, his body, church, your gifts given to each one. We pray that, uh, that each of us would use our unique gift in this part of the body to build up the body of Christ until his return. So, uh, Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for Tim, for our church. And, Lord, uh, to be with our people as we deal with uh, COVID and the world that's seemingly more of a mess than it's ever been. But you're not surprised. Lord, so help us to overcome through faith. So that's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. We'll see y'all next, uh, some of you next.